Hello, lovely FNCC people and the diaspora. <laughs> it's um, nice to be with you today, albeit not in person. Um, sending much love to you all. Um, it's been very lovely seeing some of your faces on Sundays. It is very comforting and good to remember that this community still exists um, and we're together apart. I mean, the digital version is certainly no scratch on um, the real version of you, obviously, but you know, it's something. Um, I am recording from my bedroom here, uh, this time not escaping children screaming for crackers um, because they are at daycare. Yay! We call this three days our three day weekend where we get to work instead of wrangling kids um but there is building and construction noise next door so if you hear some um inspiring hard house um followed by uh hammering uh that's what that is it's not me it's them um this week we just wanted to briefly talk about how we'll be using podcasts um and sunday zoom meetings while we're unable to gather together um essentially what we'll be doing is using sundays to do all of the kind of connecty stuff the stuff where we all get to participate um more so we'll be singing together having a little breakout groups where we get to check in and hang out um we'll take communion together um and we'll reflect on a passage with a little bit of i notice and i wonder um stuff there where we get to discuss it we're not really trying to replicate a service as such we're more just making the most of the parts where we get to connect. Um, so that's kind of what Sundays will be like if you've been on the Zoom meetings. We're kind of playing around with the format as we go and working out what's working, what's not, and what's actually helpful for our community. The last thing we want to do is kind of force something out because we think it's necessary. Rather, we'd much rather do um, what is actually going to bring life and nourishment and connection. So that's how we're using Sundays for the moment. Um, the podcast, which will come out weekly somewhere kind of like mid to the end of each week, um, will be a bit more talky, teachy, homily-y. Um, we'll be building in community feedback and discussion and responses and stuff where possible and community um, creativity and arts and poetry and that kind of stuff as well. Um, we're going to try and keep them kind of 20 minutes or under where possible so they're a bit more bite-sized where everyone's pretty technology saturated at the moment so while we you know think that some kind of common conversation is really helpful at this time we don't want to be burdensome so we'll try and keep them as um short as possible and without kind of being too bloated um if you read the weekly note that rod sent out on tuesday you'll know we're starting a series on the psalms um you know, the incredible mixed bag of responses to God and the state of the world that's contained in the Psalms just felt really fitting for processing this very weird season together. Um, unsurprisingly, as we discuss the idea of a Psalm series on Sunday, there's, you know, feedback from across the enthusiasm to anxiety spectrum. Um, one of the interesting themes that emerged uh, um, on Sunday was that the Psalms was often some of the first bits of scripture that people engaged with or memorized in life if you kind of grew up in churchy circles, which some of you did. Um, this has meant that for some people, they've been a deep source of comfort over their life, kind of like a really deep well that hasn't gone away, even though other parts of their spirituality have, you know, fluctuated and wavered. Um, for others, they've kind of acted as a reminder of a spirituality that no longer resonate with, for better or worse. Um, and for others, it's a complicated mix of both. So, we're kind of holding all that stuff together as usual. Obviously, there's a lot of confronting human emotion in the Psalms, from the violent and vengeful to the 
uh, almost as off-putting, aggressively enthusiastic. Um, <laughs> both can be a bit stomach-churning, depending on what kind of day you're having. We'll discuss all this stuff as we go on, but um, as we approach the sums, it might be worth thinking about how we hold them and the kind of relationship we have to them. And one thing I've found helpful with the sums is, is to think about them as descriptive rather than prescriptive. So rather than thinking about them prescriptively, which is to say um, that they are some kind of instruction set about how you are supposed to feel and how you are supposed to praise and how you are supposed to think about God and the world, to view them descriptively, as in this is how um, people a long time ago have responded to the complexities of um, life and the divine and spirituality and everything that the world throws at you. So for some of you who, you know, struggle with some of the content of the Psalms, you know, taking the observer viewpoint might help um, create enough distance to look with curiosity and wonder um, and help reflect on how you process this kind of stuff rather than feeling bound by them. Um, as always, we're well aware that, you know, everyone in our community will have different relationships to Scripture and to the Psalms. Um, so feel free to try and hold all of this as lightly as you can. Um, if this is something that's difficult for you. So looking at kind of the rhythm of the week in terms of kind of what uh, we'll be uh, doing as a community um, in terms of um, the Sunday and podcasty stuff, um, each week we'll begin with a weekly note that introduces the psalm we're going to be looking at on the coming Sunday. Um, and if you look at the weekly note that Roger sent out, it'll come with some instructions about how you might want to sit with that, um, rereading it a few times if you have time, um, and inviting you to ask some I notice, I wonder questions and record them. Then on the Sunday during the Zoom meeting, there'll be a time for you to share um, some of those noticings and wonderings. Um, we might also hear poems and songs and other responses that people in our community have written in response to the psalm. So it's a time of kind of, yeah, that, that kind of discussion time where we kind of collect um, and gather our thoughts around stuff. Um, then in the following, um, the week following the Sunday, we'll post a podcast episode with um, some more stuff on that psalm. And for the podcast, we're really, really lucky to have um, honorary FNCC adopted auntie and esteemed Old Testament lecturer and general troublemaker um, Meryl Blair joining us. Um, many of you know Meryl. She has been a lecturer at Sterling for, um, College for many years, which is the Church of the Christ Bible College, um, specializing in the Old Testament. And we were always planning on having Meryl around to help fill the giant void left by Tamsin going on parental leave. So it's really lovely to be able to still involve her in this way. And um, to, we just happen to have on tap an expert on the psalm. So we're going to make the most of that. Uh, we've asked her to do some of the groundwork covering um, the stuff that's helpful to know when approaching the Psalms. So each episode will begin with a five minutes with Meryl, um, and she'll spend five minutes um, answering a question that we've asked her um, and giving some background info on the Psalms, some useful tools for engaging them, some helpful questions we might ask, and some of the ways of processing some of the things that they throw at us. Uh, and then the second half of the podcast will be followed by some more personal reflections from myself and Rod, like a little homily or something, and um, maybe some of the songs or poems of other things that people in our community have written in response to the psalm. So as I said, we'll try and keep them pretty short and snappy, but um, hopefully they'll you know, just be something nourishing for us to kind of chew over together. 
I hope that all makes sense. So yeah, there'll be a weekly note with a psalm, then just some discussion on the Sunday, and then a podcast following that um, across a week. So keep an eye out for them. Um, in the meantime, stay safe, look after each other. Um, and if you need anything from us as a CPOT or from the community, please, please make sure you let us know. Um, we're trying to get through this together. It's, um, you know, tricky from, you know, uh, physical distancing to try and keep an eye on yeah, how everyone's going and what needs are met. And most people are pretty well connected and networked in this community, but we don't want anyone to fall through the gaps. So if you know of someone struggling or if you're struggling yourself, um, please take the brave step of being vulnerable and even just letting us know so that we can at least pray for you or find other ways that we can meet needs in the community. Uh, as a parent, I just want to say thanks a trillion to all of the incredible people who have provided um, craft packs and other <laughs> um, ways of care to help us to stop prevent us from losing our minds during this time. So it's been really lovely being a recipient of some care during this time. But if you need help as well, please um, do let us know. Otherwise, we'll eat all of it. Um, I'm going to leave you this week with um, the first of our five-minute murals um, where she chats about her history with the Psalms. So enjoy. And if you're around on Sunday and not zoomed out, we'll see you then. Hi. Hi, it's Meryl Blair here. I'm really excited to be joining you, all you lovely, lovely people at uh, Fitzroy North, on this series on Psalms. I love the Psalms, and I've been teaching them for ooh, 26, 27 years now. So hopefully there are things that I can help you understand with them. And you will find all sorts of things that I've never thought of before too. So, for today, let's just have a... Oh, well, I'm going to have a bit of an explore of where the Psalms um, sort of fitted into my life pre-teaching them for years. I guess, like many of us, um, they didn't have a huge amount of impact on me growing up, except that I had to learn Psalm 23 off by heart to get some sort of badge for Girls' Brigade, I think. And it was a pain in the neck, but on the other hand, I'm really glad I did. Uh, there was something about the imagery of Psalm 23 that I found very comforting during some of my more difficult teenage years and various things like that. That idea that somebody accompanies you through the valley of the shadow of death was actually really meaningful for me. And then when I was a little bit older and started finding, I suppose, places that I would think of now as sacred places, there was one that was part of a camp that I went on quite a number of times up in the Adelaide Hills at Longwood, where there was, if you walked through, quite a lovely little um, forest of fir trees, a beautiful little meadow where lots of sheep were, and those words, sheep by the green, uh, green meadows and still waters, always brings back the picture of that beautiful place. I guess apart from that, though, uh, there was an awful lot of boredom with the Psalms. One of the churches I went to sung uh, part of Psalm 95 every Sunday morning as the call to worship. It was horrible. <laughs> they did this, how to kill a psalm. They did this dirge-like, 
Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. By the time you'd gone through that every week, you're kind of at screaming point before the church, uh, the service had even started. And I guess from there it was a swing over into the songs of praise, which were all happy, clappy and equally boring, I've got to say. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord... I mean, oh, awful. So, um, didn't, didn't sort of have terribly much engagement with the Psalms outside Psalm 73 until I went to college. And in my first year of college, I discovered this thing called the Lament. And I was introduced to Psalm 88. If you haven't read it, you'll just have to go and read it. But it's the one psalm that doesn't end with any sort of up curve. In fact, the last line could be translated, darkness is my only friend. And when I had my first child, I had not quite postnatal depression, but certainly I was in a very dark place with sleep deprivation and everything else. And the words of that psalm just took me into a place where I felt... It was all right to be. I had permission to say the things I needed to say and somebody had felt how I was feeling and had put words to it before me. So from then on, I think my love affair with the Psalms really started. Continued when I read Brueggemann's wonderful message of the Psalms and his picture of the way they talk, they take us from a place of orientation where all's right with the world through those places where suddenly the floor falls out from under your feet, which he calls disorientation, and then in quite painful ways through into what he describes as a new orientation, which is not naive. It knows what can go wrong, but it's found some sort of wobbly balance so these are some of the things we're going to be exploring together over the next however many weeks it takes. And I'll be really interested to hear your comments. Um, keep a bit of a journal, perhaps. Keep some questions. If there are questions you'd like me to answer, hang on to them for a while and see if they get answered later on. And if they don't, make sure you send them to me and I'll see what I can do. Look forward to journeying with you. Bye. <laughs>